Blog Talk Radio. Uh, aloha and welcome to Talking Pictures. I'm your host, Paul Booth. So thankful to be here tonight for our sixth installment of Take Two, which is where we bring on a guest to review a film that Talking Pictures has already reviewed. The theme of this series has been Oscar-nominated films, but it's been so popular and so many people have enjoyed it uh, that we might be doing it with indie films or festival films and continuing it because it breaks down the barriers between production team and listeners. And that's such a big problem, I think, in this film business. We're always saying, uh, you're just the fans and it's okay that, that you pay for our mansion, but you can't meet us. So a uh, brief introduction of Josh Lang. Um, his credits include White House Down with Channing Tatum, uh, Jack and the Giant Slater, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty with Ben Stiller, Divergent, of course, Shailene Woodley, uh, and that's now turned in Insurgent and Allegiant comes out next week, Godzilla, X-Men, Days of Future Past, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Maze Runner, Furious 7, Gods of Egypt, and one project he's not allowed to announce yet so I'll let and uh but we'll let you know it's just in bi- just as big and cool as these other ones um I have a bad eye condition with my epilepsy so unfortunately I missed all of these but Divergent Godzilla on the big screen and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Avengers I had to pass on the big screen unfortunately uh but I've seen Secret Life of Walter Mitty White House Down, Jack the Giant Slayer, Slayer, uh, Furious 7 on a television, and it's just amazing to see this guy's work. Uh, No nepotism. We go with what somebody knows. So he is a film school roommate of mine, and it's really cool because you can – and also in his video game career, he worked on Red Dead Redemption, which won Video Game of the Year. So this is a guy who's always humbly – at the top of his game. Uh, You could meet this guy and you would not know he worked on Furious 7 and Godzilla and Divergent. You would not know he worked on the Avengers and the top rated films, grossing films of all time, other than when Lost World knocked it out and Star Wars, of course. Um, And just a significant friend and collaborator. And he's gonna be calling in any minute here to give his review of Star Wars um, Episode 7. And this was something that we had planned. Um, I got busy with my birthday, so we had to um, put it off. But Josh is a man of his word. And I'll take a quick second here to plug his blog, which is Josh Lang, all one word, dot blogspot.com that's josh lang all one word dot or sorry josh lang blogspot.com again www all one word josh lang blogspot.com you'll find drawings um drawings in the works uh a, a lot of amazing stuff that is uh not traced it sure as heck isn't color by numbers. It's pure talent. 
I remember the first time I met this guy, he showed me a picture of Stanley Kubrick, and, and I was convinced it was a portrait, but it was a painting. He was that detailed, and I remember just thinking, gosh, this guy's going to go places. So he was in a 3D program, graduate of the Vancouver Film School, and it's been cool to watch his uh, career, not only as a friend, but it's really, really exciting to go to Furious Seven, uh, go to Godzilla, Divergent, with those two, see his name in the credits, um, and just see this wide range of things he's worked on. Uh, the Avengers, uh, you know, White House Down was, I like it, some people it's been hit or miss. Uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, it's the only film I'll uh, say to stay away from because I, I don't like Ben Stiller and he's just playing the same Ben Stiller that we always see and so it can lean towards the uh, frustrating level and that's what's kind of a, a drag because Stiller has more talent than to just be playing the same uh, bonehead so um, you know, Furious Seven was another one where I had I had not wanted to watch it. I couldn't see it in theaters, and then a friend of mine had the DVD, and I had the good fortune to see it. Uh, for those of you that have seen it, Josh worked on the bus chase scenes up in the mountains. Uh, amazing work! I was I didn't even want to know how he did it because it was so it was so well done and. And um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm getting a little bit too excited here. And it was so well done, so well made, and he makes it look so easy, which is something um, that he's been doing since film school. He makes a drawing look easy. He makes storyboards look easy. I know he's got a great understanding of film books or uh, comic books. Um, he's also someone who pays a lot of attention to film history, so he's not always just about the digital now, 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 and the what's tomorrow. Um, he really uh, cares about cinema as a whole, and that was one of the biggest reasons why we wanted to have him on the show. Um, he has come on the show before um, in the archives. He was our third guest. We're now up to 67 guests. And he gave us a nice breakdown of Divergent, Godzilla, um, discussed specific shots. So if you like uh, effect films and you want to learn more from someone who was there uh, at, you know, the first stages, the pre-visualization stages, you can listen to that podcast and uh, hear Josh talking. And this is really exciting for me because... These episodes on Take Two have been all fun. It's always, I get, wow, I get beyond interested to hear what people think of films. I think it's the number one thing is to hear what other people think. And that's really the power of the film is that you can take 10 people out to a restaurant. 10 people are going to think of 10 different things. And... But for these films, you do get the hit or miss. And Josh is calling right through. I'm going to bring him on. One moment. 
Can you hear me? Yes, welcome, Josh. You with us? Paul, hey, how are you? I am. I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you. I was just going through your IMDb credits and we had oh, discussed thank you very them. much. Oh, yes. I mean, I we had discussed some of, you know, I had mentioned the ones I got to see on the big screen because my eye condition of Godzilla and Divergent and uh, Jack the Giant Slayer and sure. uh, didn't get to see Furious 7 until DVD. So I know that was a big mistake on my part. And of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah, Furious 7 was last year. That was uh, that was um, that, that was definitely a big one. That, that that did a lot better than we were expecting it to. So that was nice that people responded to it as much, and the China market ended up helping considerably for that because um, there's such car fans over there as well. Um, it's funny because actually right now this is the uh, opening release today tonight for my latest movie, uh, Gods of Egypt, which a lot of people were um, probably either they don't know about it or maybe they've heard the. Um, kind of the outrage um, for more or less uh, the, the appropriate word uh, because of the casting. It was yet another Hollywood movie that did not go for uh, actors from even the same continent where the subject matter is happening. So Gerard Butler and I forget his name, but he's the Swedish actor um, who was on Game of Thrones playing Jamie Lannister. They're two, the two leads in it. And so, um, yeah, there was quite a bit of backlash about it being whitewashed, so to speak. But all I can speak to is the third act flying sequence, which they have not put in the trailers. There's only one uh, shot from the trailers, um, one that I worked on. So I'm looking forward to seeing it and actually finding out how our stuff looks on the big screen. So if anybody sees it, I hope they let you know and let you let you know their thoughts on it. Uh, okay, well, I mean, that's... that's uh... You know, there's so many ways we can go there, and we're going to try not to have this new sound. Um, you know, every actor is cast wrong. Every actress is cast wrong. You go ahead. Yeah, I mean, of all the weeks for a movie to have that criticism about it, Oscar week in 2016 is not the right time. So, yeah, I, I, I don't expect it'll do too well at the box office this weekend, but I hope that those who see it, they like it. Yeah, no, that's what we got. You know, we've we've said on multiple episodes and to multiple guests that it's, it has to stick about the film and the people that made it because we all know that even George uh, Brad Pitt cannot even tell a studio head what to do. So um, all this is coming down on the Academy. I, I hope that it brings education for both sides. And, you know, now it's like every day there's a, there's an announcement of somebody who lost their job and it, it yeah. has to change over. And it's, it's like you said, it's a podcast for another time. Not one I'll, I actually sure. think I'll ever because it'll just turn into an argument, but um, <laughs> maybe we'll figure out an angle on it. That'll be less. Intense. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, it's uh, so as we look at this, year, I know the last time we talked, you had just come off uh divergent Godzilla um, I believe X-Men fell under the, you weren't allowed to talk about it. And then we briefly, we saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles after that, but then uh, Maze yep, Runner, Paramount. As you mentioned to me to not watch because of my condition, but my friend who's staying with me watched it and loved it. Um, good, and then good. I saw Furious 7, I thought it was amazing. So 
uh, as usual, what I'd like to do since we've went through that and given the people an idea of the uh, experience and expertise in his area, Josh is here to uh, review Star Wars Episode 7. So there's no right or wrong answer, so just tell us what you thought of it, Josh. Sure, I'll give my spiel. Um, so this is coming from somebody who is a longtime Star Wars fan. I'm in my mid-30s, just to give people an idea um, uh, how old I was when I first saw it as a kid. Um, it was in the 90s, and so uh, it wasn't at the theater. I didn't have that amazing experience that a lot of people had in the 70s where they see the Star Destroyer going up over their heads, and they're eight years old, and um, their world's changed. For me, it, it was, you know, my world changed, but it was at home on a couch watching the uh, walkers from Empire Strikes Back on my uh, TV screens, but it still had the same effect, basically. I was captivated, and it's an obsession that hasn't left me. So when I saw the new one, uh, I had a lot of uh, curiosity about it. I deliberately did not watch any of the marketing material, no trailers, tried to stay away from the posters as best I could. Uh, Facebook made this difficult, but I was still able to not see any actual um, uh, video with sound, let's say, um, about the movie before seeing it. But that being said, uh, I absolutely loved it. The uh, second time, I liked it a lot more than the first time, and that's the reason being because I went in expecting it to be a very different movie than it was. And after I you know, kind of walked back my preconceived notions and wrapped my mind around it and understood what direction they were uh uh, they were going and why they chose to do that. It made a lot more sense. And after all, you know, these movies can't be for just the diehard guys who read every little bit of information about it. Um, and you know, <laughs> are are far beyond the casual fan. I mean, this was a movie that was designed to pick up a lot of new people who have not really gotten into Star Wars all that much. It was designed to appeal to the people that had maybe seen Star Wars a long time ago and just remember the big beats and want to have those nice moments again. It's a movie for people who love the original cast and want to have them, you know, in similar situations and laughing along with them and having the generational differences between Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher um, and a little bit of Mark Hamill and, and with the younger cast. But really, I think the the point to not forget here is that most people have seen this movie already. I won't go into uh, too much of an in-depth review, but I will say that for those holdouts, um, give it a shot anyway. I mean, this is a movie that everybody's talking about, and it's not going to end there. This is a franchise that Disney will be releasing new films for every year. Uh, I don't know how long, probably past the end of my life, <laughs> which is hopefully a long time. Um and they're going to do well. So it's a movie to get engaged with. If you have kids, um, bring them to it if they're curious. They're going to grow up with this just like we did, and hopefully they enjoy it uh, the same way. So it's a movie, like I say, basically all ages can get behind, even if you know nothing about Star Wars. If you hate Star Wars, I don't think it's the movie that's going to make you love Star Wars, um, but I think most people at least uh, get a, a fun thrill ride out of it, and this one delivers. Um with that, I wanted to pivot to Oscar picks, if that's okay. Oh yeah. Cool. So let's let's do the um, the natural segue here. So as far as Star Wars at the Oscars, I think it's only going to come down to one category for this movie. I think in most other years it would have a shot at many more, uh, but this is a tough year for visual effects films. This is the year of Mad Max. This is the year of Star Wars. This is the year of 
um, even the best picture likely winner, the Revenant, um, getting a fairly credible shot at the um, best visual effects category. And even The Martian, which I, I really enjoyed, is another movie that is no slouch in the visual effects uh, department. So it's a very nicely well-rounded um, uh, category this year. I've done a lot of research on this particular category um, historically, and space movies tend to do pretty well when they're nominated. So obviously this year there's two space movies. There's The Martian and there's Star Wars. Um, and in years where there's multiple space-nominated movies, it goes to the space. Uh, it goes to one space winner. I mean, that's almost. I think it's almost every time. So whenever it's a year like now where there's two space nominees, it's going to go to a space winner. And what's crazy about that is that last year, people remember Interstellar won for best visual effects, another space movie, and the year before that, Gravity won the best Gravity. visual effects, which is another space movie. So three years in a row now, I think it's going to be uh, three consecutive wins for space movies, which uh, have a hot streak. Well, I mean, they have here editing, sound mixing, visual effects, film editing, and score. Of course, John Williams, what is it, his 54th nomination or something. Um, and for me, I, you know, I literally walked out of it saying, uh, yeah, the best picture nominees are a better film. They're not a better thrill ride. They're not a better nostalgia. They're just a better film. Uh, Room, uh, Brooklyn, Spotlight. Uh, for me, obviously, John Williams, no one does scores better than him. But the sound editing and visual effects, I couldn't see anything beating it. And again, those are the ones that usually wins anyway. So those are almost like, just give it to Star Wars. You know, like, yep. you could possibly be competing about it. Um yeah, I think, honestly, that it, it came out too soon, and I think this year the Oscars were really strong. From Trumbo to Steve Jobs to Spotlight to uh, The Martian, The Revenant. Uh, I, I really think Room is going to win Best Picture, and all it is is a Room. Do you really? Interesting. It's, uh, it's the peak epitome, hardest way to make a film. You can't rely on a yeah, second. You can't rely on an effect. You can't rely on a sound effect. It's just a bare bones. Um, yeah. And this Mad Max, so because my eye conditions, I can't. I feel like I'm, even though I'm only ten percent out of having a justified opinion, I still feel totally left out that I missed that. So. Um, yeah, it was it was a phenomenon, and there was actually. Um, I can't remember where I saw it, but today on the internet I, I saw a link where it was um, an analysis of the Twitter conversation, how many times a certain movie is mentioned on Twitter, and it went by state. And you could see which states were talking about which movies the most, and Mad Max, far and away, was the most talked about movie out of every state in the country. Um, the Revenant was like third, I think, and below Mad Max was The Martian. So those are the top three movies, um, Mad Max, The Martian, and The Revenant, at least according to Twitter discussions uh, nationwide, which I thought was interesting. You could yeah, compare states. You could see, like, how, you know, Californians, uh, how often they're discussing what movie compared to, you know, any other state, Illinois, you know, Texas, whatever. 
That's interesting. I'm I'm re- I'm hearing a lot of people uh, complain about the revenant, and for me, I'm not just because I'm a DiCaprio fan, but for me, I I just thought it was actually a good movie. I mean, it was take away what we know about what crews go through, and take away we know what it's like to haul gear up a mountain and and just how hard it was to do that film. But I I really thought it was a decent job at, at, at an actor carrying a film. Sure, there's other stars, but um, at minimum, I don't see where people would trash it. They could trash that it was 20 minutes too long, but it was uh, Leo did his usual great work. And, sure. and so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm... You know, as I told you, we're putting together a pre-show. So for all you listeners out there, we're putting together a pre-show with a couple of female directors, one from New York, one from L.A., and one recently directed uh, last night's episode of NCIS and teaches at AFI. And the other one... Very nice. I'll listen to that episode. So... Um, we want to get their take on the Oscars and then also the diversity amongst the Oscars since there's only two nominated women this year. Um, only two? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and one of them actually doesn't even, technically shouldn't qualify because it's a Netflix stock, so it didn't play theaters. Right, Nina Simone. Yeah, but I saw her on the roundtable at uh, Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, and it, it so so to me it's kind of like if you didn't even qualify and you got in, um, there really isn't, you should just be happy. Like, you wouldn't catch me complaining about a thing if I didn't even qualify for the state finals and I was in the state finals. So I'm interested in seeing that because that was a great film. Um, and like we've discussed off the record, I'm, I just want a safe event. I just want nominees that are nominated to be respected I don't want any kind of craziness. Um, obviously, all eyes are on Chris Rock, but um, to digress back to the Revenant, you had your pick for Revenant. Do you have a do you have a pick for uh, best actor or actress or any acting category that's not for you? I've I've picks for everything actually. Um, and just one final point on the Nina Simone movie. Um, I don't know whether or not that movie did screen in theaters. It's very likely that it did, though, I think, um, at least for a limited run. I know that uh, Beasts of No Nation did that same thing, um, even though it was not, uh, it didn't end up being nominated for anything uh, this year. Um, but I, I would assume that Nina Simone probably had uh, a limited release in L.A. and New York. Uh, but I've heard great things about it. That filmmaker was very interesting to listen to on the Hollywood Reporter Roundtable, so... Um, I think it's just a sign of the times. This is the age now where Netflix movies, no matter how small they release, are being judged alongside um, the Hollywood, you know, uh, best and, and brightest. And I think that's kind of how it should be. It should get a little flatter at the competition. I think that, um, you know, despite the the way it's released, um, if it if it's a, a great movie, it should be judged against other great movies. So it'll get people seeing them and, and talking about them. That's the main thing. I mean, no, you know, how few people actually walk away with a statue and, uh, you know, a, a higher salary next time after the Oscars is over. Not that many, but for the actual moviegoers, 
they can really benefit from it by hearing about movies that they wouldn't have seen otherwise that can really make a difference in their life. And I think Nina Simone's one of those movies, at least from what I've heard. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. Oh, I mean, it's brilliant. It's on Netflix. I discovered that um, a while back. And it's just, um, it's it's amazing. I mean, it, it just, it's, it's just hard to explain. It's just a great music talk. It's a great sign of the times. It's a great uh, encapsulating what she was and what she stood for. And so I'm really, uh, I'm really uh, loved watching it. I'm going to watch it again, especially if it wins. Yeah. yeah, it's an underdog though against the Amy Winehouse documentary. Um, I think that's going to have to be most people's picks. If you want, I can roll through um, the full. I think it's twenty-four categories, um, just yeah, point by know, point. I, if you want, I, I wasn't aware. Um, and for those of you out there in Orange County, uh, this weekend they're showing the documentary short films, or the short films and the short doc over in Santa Ana, South Coast uh, Plaza. And then also right now, what I'm surprised they're promoting it more, uh, a best documentary short subject um, called Last Days of Freedom is on Netflix streaming. I have it in my queue to watch after we record this. So you can see one of the Oscar-nominated films. And I think that's cool because, you know, how many of us have been watching the Oscars and when they get to short films or docs, we're like, huh, huh? Yeah, exactly. This will be a good chance for you at least to see something. We are hoping that, excuse me, they are coming to uh, our show next week. So that's our big surprise. So if you listened, you got the surprise earlier, but we're hoping to have a nominee slash possible winner uh, to tell us about the Oscars and the luncheon and share that experience. Um, and we will be having panels this week. So um, with that, uh, with these segments, we usually wrap fairly short, but if there's uh, anything at all, Josh, that you'd like to throw in, please do, and there's there's no time limit, just... Great. Uh, yeah, I'll just run through the picks. Um, I won't be long. I'm just going to go no a little comment on each one. So for people with uh, paper and pen handy, the choice, I'm going to read them in order of when they're announced. So supporting actors usually first. This year, Sylvester Stallone seems to be the Vegas favorite. He won the Golden Globe. He was not even nominated for the SAG, which is very odd that someone who wasn't nominated for a SAG to be likely to win. Um, So we'll see how that goes. I have not seen Creed, heard great things, and obviously the Academy has liked him as Rocky before, so it's entirely possible he'll win that with Rylance uh, in Bridge of Spies as a backup. Costume design, this seems to be a pretty solid lock for Mad Max. Makeup and hairstyling, same deal, Mad Max. Um, Foreign language film seems to be Son of Saul as the favorite. Short film, um, there's not much real information on this, but it it looks like Ave Maria is the favorite there. Documentary short seems to be Body Team 12. Um, And Last Day of Freedom, that's one you mentioned, right? Um, so that's hopefully something somebody can, uh, some people out there can see before Sunday. Yeah, um, mixing, uh, this, I think it's probably going to be the Revenant, maybe Mad Max. Um, this one's a little 
um, I'm sorry, yeah, this is definitely going to be The Revenant, not Mad Max. However, sound editing, that's the one where the guild that votes on their own specific sound editing award uh, gives that trophy out on Saturday, I think Saturday night. So there'll be a good piece of information about how that vote will go um, based on the guild on Saturday. Um, But right now it looks like Mad Max will most likely get it. Uh, Supporting actress, all the actors and, you know, top awards seem pretty stable to predict this year. So it seems to be Vic Hander and Danish Girl for supporting actress. Visual effects, like I say, um, I would definitely pick Star Wars for this, although Mad Max and The Revenant would not be all that surprising. Um, Animated short, let's say Sanjay's super team, although for those who have Netflix, definitely search for World of Tomorrow. It's a very out there, hard to describe short, but it's got a lot of humor, um, very simple but interesting animation, and it's quirky and definitely worth 20 minutes of your time if you're willing to give it. Animated feature, this seems to be as much of a lock as you can imagine for Inside Out. Production design, Mad Max. Cinematography, The Revenant. Film editing, Mad Max. Documentary feature, this is that great category with a lot of um, good candidates. So Amy seems to be the clear favorite here. Um, What Happened, Miss Simone, we recommend. And Winter on Fire is on Netflix now. It was actually a Netflix-based documentary, and I loved it. So it's all about the Ukrainian revolution. Um, if people don't know much about it, this is as close up and raw a view of that as you will find. It's it's a ton of photography that people shot while they were protesting, while they were up against the police lines. It is pretty intense at times, but very good, especially if people have seen The Square, the one about the um, Egyptian revolution. This is very much the Ukrainian um, counterpart to that. Uh, so it's, it hits a lot of the same notes and it's fantastic. But like I say, Amy is favored for that. Original song seems to be Till It Happens to You. Original score seems to be The Hateful Eight um, and not John Williams, which could be um, possibly an upset candidate. Original screenplay, Spotlight, very clear. Adapted screenplay, Big Short, very clear. Director is very clear. Inaritu is going to win this back-to-back. Pretty amazing. Um, actor, uh, Liam DiCardi, Leonardo DiCaprio, very clear. Finally going to get his, yes, Idris Elba should have been nominated. Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio should win this. Uh, oh, that's my two cents. Actress, Brie Larson, clear favorite. And picture is going to be The Revenant. That's all I have. Yeah, I'm, I totally agree with you. I mean, The Revenant's the lost... Uh... The director, cinematographer. Wait a minute! You said room not too long ago. <laughs> room for best, room for best. You know, room. I would like to see it because it's just so the bare bones. It's like climbing the mountain without a backpack, and it really was a for the bare bones of what films are, without any crew or flash or drawing attention to something. Um, it was yep, just, just acting and a screenplay and, yeah, smart direction. Yeah. When you see a film that has best actor, best screenplay, best director, and there's only one actor in the movie, it, it doesn't really get better than that. So, yeah, that's uh, true. Definitely worth seeing. But, yeah, uh, definitely was... the cinematographer is going to win. I mean, this will be his third Oscar in a row, his third Isn't basket. that crazy? He's on uh, the Him and Henry, too. So... 
What yep. can you do? So that's what I got. Um, I would just want to throw out my Twitter handle, if you don't mind, just oh, so yeah. um, if people beat this list, I would love to hear about it because I'd love to know how you did it. <laughs> um, my Twitter handle is uh, the Josh Lang at T H E J O S H L A N G E. Hit me up if you're uh, close. If you thought my picks were pretty good, if you like, I say if you beat them, I would love to hear about it. Um, and if you do, congratulations. If not. Um, you can find out more about how I pick them on my uh, Blogspot page, which is joshlang.blogspot.com. And I hope that people have a great Oscar Sunday. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy Oscar holidays. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is our Super Bowl. And one side note before I sign off, I want to say goodbye to Josh. Um, most of the stuff on his blog, uh, he does ask my advice. And so if there's anything... <laughs> You can call me and I'll tell you how I advise them. So that's true, especially the artwork. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give due credit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Good talking you so with you, Paul. Coming on, Josh, tonight. Um, we appreciate the review, and I'll definitely get the link off to you tomorrow. My pleasure, and thanks for having my mom on. I know she did oh, a great yeah, job. Oh, yeah, she's going to be on again soon. She might be on the uh, Oscar rap panel. I, I asked her in about yes. five minutes later. She said yes, so. She's the perfect choice, better than me. She actually sees these movies. I just try to read about them online and make predictions. Oh, yeah, she's amazing. I dig it. So, yeah, I'll definitely be in touch, and I'll get this link to you soon. And uh, thank you again for your time, man. All right, thank you. Not everybody. All right, aloha. That was Josh Lang, a VFX pre-visit artist from numerous blockbusters, sharing his thoughts on uh, so many films. Take a look at it. Spread this around to your friends. I'm going to wrap it up from here. It's 9 o'clock at night. Whatever you do tonight, make sure and watch a good movie. Aloha.